Hello and welcome to another edition of this 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns and I come to you with pride, smiles, and happiness. It's summer and I'm proud to be your host here each and every week as I do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world. That's right, worldwide, baby. Who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. And this week is a great example of that around the world love. Mr. PJ Devilliers, checking in from Norway. His story is wonderful. He's an incredible artist. And this is just a great story because it's just got so many great parts to it. And it's just a lot of fun to share with you. It gives me pride. It makes me, you know, just smile from ear to ear. Just on on many levels. I mean, go to his website, theshallowtree.com, and you can follow him on Instagram at theshallowtree, and you can see his work. And the work itself speaks for itself. He's versatile. He's detailed. It's thoughtful. It's beautiful. It's powerful. And some, you know, some of the pieces saying all that, you'd say they're simple because you, you know, they're just very intricate. You know, you see the. Artists like PJ, when they you know they do their work, you can you look at them and you you really can kind of lose yourself in the pieces. But then when you really dive in, you zoom into the line work. Sometimes it's really simple line work, and they're you know thick, beautiful. You know a lot of stuff in black and white, which you know if you listen you know to anything here, you know we're we're just huge fans of that really much since I can remember my life. And then you know story of travel, you know the hustle, the grind. You know, a lot of you know, a lot of the grind. You know, we kind of jokingly call them the spaghetti years when we were talking. And you know, we're parents, world travelers. It's just really just a great experience that we get to share with you. And I know that we listen. You know, a lot of times I ramble on and just tell you that you know, and try to find you know, kind of a something to hang on to for the episode. But this is just a really great example of you know hard work you know being true to yourself you know realizing that there are struggles and there are hardships in life and it's not always going to be easy and doing it you know with humility and kind of coming out on the other side and just inspiring you know it's really inspiring to me and sometimes you know I do this podcast now because we've really built something special and that's that's never going to go away. But in my life, there, there's days when it sucks. You know, not not work. You know, not family. You know, I, I, all that type of stuff. But like sometimes, just kind of like going to work and being a you know a schlep. You know, on the corporate side of life. You know, my real, my real world gig. It it's not ideal. And I talk to these folks, and I think, man. Like, I really got to put more of my chips into this, you know, and make it happen. And we have, you know, the hubbub coming up. You know, go to theartofcraftbeer.com, September 28th, 29th. And, and, you know, Bridge to Maine, we're doing the event. You know, we're doing one in Connecticut. We've got a lot of uh, inquiries about doing other events around the around the country. And I, I, I don't know how it's going to make money. And I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I, we, we made money last year. We gave a lot of, you know, we gave, you know, thousands of dollars to charity. But, like... Seeing these people, you know, PJ is in Norway and he loves to snowboard and he loves to surf. 
and he's in a small town of, you know, a few thousand people, and he's, you know, living his best life and being true to himself. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's inspiring, and it's just, it's simple, it's beautiful, and it's honest, and, it, you know, it makes me want to, you know, I listen, you know, because when I listen to these, one of the fun little inside scoop here, when I do these episodes, I probably listen to the interviews at least three times. Sometimes four. So we have the, the original. I listen back to it usually. Then I do some editing. And then I'll probably listen again just to make sure I didn't, like, chop off something or, or what have you. And when they're good, they're good. It's just, you know, it's nice. And, you know, there's a point here where we're talking and he says, you know, you know about doing something you love. And, you know, makes he's very complimentary about the, the, the podcast and something that, you know, you're kind of building organically. And. When I listened back to it, it almost brought me to tears because I, there was, I don't fish for compliments, and I, I usually don't take them very well. And it was really, it was just kind of moving for me. So I know it's kind of a big lead and in intro for this one, so no, no, uh, no pressure here, you know, PJ. Sorry, brother. But uh, the showertree dot com, the showertree on Instagram, and just some administrative stuff. You're listening to the 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast, 160Z Canvas, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 160ZCanvas.com, iTunes, Google Play, etc., etc., etc. But make sure you check out the Art of Craft Beer.com. It's, you know, you'll notice that we've been really pushing out a little bit lately, and that's kind of, you know, we're we're trying to build something, you know, organic with, you know, Will Holmes Center, Gastro Pub in, in Maine and Bridgeton there. And it's something really special for us as we about to embark on our big family vacation. But we, you know, we saw that other folks were trying to do similar events. And we, you know, we, it, you know, what is that they say? Like, uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? But we saw they are doing these art events. And I, you know, I looked and I dig, you know, in the internet and try to find photos and, it was just basically like a you know uh, you know glorified kegger you know at a, at a cool brewery, but there was no love for the artist. There was no I mean I didn't see any posts about the artist, not focusing on the artist and what have you. And so we're gonna do some cool shit. You know we've got some amazing uh, food and restaurants lined up. We got live music. We're gonna do live art. We already have six artists that were locked down. And it's just yeah, it's just gonna be killer. I mean so just stick stick with us. This is how it's done. This is how it should be done each and every week. It's not about the beer. It's about the artists, and we have these great people for you. So let's get into it. Episode, holy shit, 122. Yeah, right? Say it. 122. PJ DeVillier, my new friend. I have not gone on yet. I've Googled trips to you know Norway numerous times since we spoke. Enjoy it right here on the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today, checking in from Norway, a 16 ounce canvas first, Peter John de Villiers. Thank you so much for uh, being here today. We uh, came to learn of uh, PJ's work through uh, a Munsman uh, brewery and uh, have been fans of his work uh, ever since. So, if you were looking to follow along at home, it is The Shallow Tree, and you can go to theshallowtree.com and just see some really impressive work, kind of follow along with his adventures. And like I said uh, to you before, PJ, you're our first guest checking in from Norway, so it really means, uh, it means a lot. So really excited to, to have you be a part of the, the project. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, 
yeah, I've been listening to the podcast a bunch and a lot of great artists on there and everything. And I think you've done an amazing job hosting and everything. So congrats to you. And I really appreciate being here. Oh, thank you so much. It really means a lot. And like I said, folks, go to the shallow tree. You can really just see some, you know, beautiful work, you know, vivid, the, the cans, when I first saw those cans and we'll, we'll talk about the brewery stuff a little bit later, but I first saw those. I just needed to figure out who did those. They were, they were so unique which is a lot because it's a really, it's a hyper-competitive space. There's so many different designers and illustrators and artists now. This the color choices and so, and then just to follow your work. And I've always been a fan of, bla- you know, black and white and the, you know, the, the thick line work you do and the details that Al you did recently. I mean, I could fanboy out all day, but it's just really just, uh, I'm really excited to, to kind of dig in with you and learn a little bit more about your story. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, so so this is the this is the part of the show where I listen more than I chat. So what's the, you know, PJ? What's your story? You know, you you're a world traveler. You know, we were just uh, talking. You know, your dad like we have kids about the same age. You know, what's the you know what's the PJ story? You know, how did you find your calling? Oh man, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it depends on how far you want to go, but um, as far back as you can yeah. remember, yeah, as far back as you can remember, and uh, yeah, this is uh, it's up to you. Yeah, I I guess like one of the big defining things in my life is that I've moved around a lot. And uh, so I was born in South Africa. My whole family is from there. And uh, I grew up in this like really creative household. My dad's actually a graphic designer and a typographer. And my mom's a painter and my sister's a designer. Uh, My wife's a designer. Like uh, it's just kind of the the thing I grew up with. Um, And then of all places, my family moved to the US actually when I was eight years old. My dad got a job working with an agency in New York City and actually lived in Connecticut (laughs) of all places. So, um, and I know that's where you're based. So uh, yeah, I I spent like third grade to the end of high school in Connecticut. (laughs) And uh, then, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, and then, yeah, I moved, I studied art at Ringling School of Art and Design in Florida for four years, and then moved to New York City for seven years, and then moved to Norway 10 years ago. So I'm kind of all over the place, but now I live in this like really small town in Norway, right on the coast. And yeah, this is kind of it for me, I, I hope. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that's the, the the kind of big overview of my life, but, uh, obviously there's a few details in between. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of the story. Now, so you were, I mean, you, like you, you, so you studied design, so you were always, always drawn, like, was it, was the traveling, did that, do you think that helped your art, it gave you different perspectives and seeing things or was that? Was your art your escape for, for being so like moving all the time? You know, how did that play into it? Yeah. Um, I mean, for better or worse, like I kind of, I think when I was like five years old, I kind of decided like this is what I want to do. And that can be good and bad. But um, yeah, I just, I always loved creating things. And if it's not drawing, it's like doing something else. Uh, I just love making things. And um, yeah, I just kind of never lost the childhood, uh, 
I don't know, curiosity. And uh, yeah, I, my parents really encouraged it. Like I said, my dad's a, a graphic designer and he did a lot of packaging. Um, so when I was a kid, we would go to the store and it'd be like, oh, you know, my dad did that, and my dad did that. And that was super exciting to me, like just to go to the grocery store or to like the shopping mall and to like see things that my dad had done. I thought that was like so cool. So in a way, I guess I'm kind of following in his footsteps. Um, yeah, and it just has evolved over the years. Like I've gotten into so many different styles and things and this and that. And in many ways, I'm still experimenting the same as I always have. Um, I think maybe having started with this idea that I could do this when I was a kid, I've had to keep it interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. I just I take it day by day, and, yeah, I really love what I do. So, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful to get to do what I love. <laughs> yeah, I think it's wonderful, and I think that's – I. I as a father and somebody, you know, I think that the idea that you were so excited for what your dad did and then to have, you know, a common theme a lot of times is when is, is the impact as a parent you can have to, you know, encourage. And just by him doing something that wasn't the, you know, design wasn't the most, isn't the most traditional career, you know, years ago. And so to see him not only doing it, but to be successful at it, you know, your, your portfolio roster, you know, you've worked with Vans and Mercedes Benz and some really huge accounts. So it's kind of, it's really cool to really, to really see that it's a, it's kind of, it's, it's going to, it's a family business. It's really, it's really, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I guess as a parent, yeah, you know, you kind of lead by example more than like words kind of fall short on kids, but if you're interested in something, they're likely to be interested in it or at least have the exposure to it and maybe they'll come back to it at some point. So yeah, just like as a parent, um, my wife and I were always trying to just make things available for our kids, like whether it's surfing or snowboarding or whatever, you know, we just tried to encourage all of it. And yeah, I think that, that goes a long way. I, the flip side of that is, <laughs> If you're always like being told you could do whatever you want and this and that, like suddenly when you've graduated from school, <laughs> then you have like a hard reality check because the world's not like your parent, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's so, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I had like a really long uh, paying due struggle period uh, because, uh, and to my parents' credit, like, they didn't help, uh, yeah, financially. Like when I was done with school, they're like, "Okay, now you need to like uh, figure it out." <laughs> and uh, I'm so happy that was the case because it really was humbling, and the whole thing was it was just an important part of the development for me to, yeah, to go through that. And I think anybody who's like self-made in any way, like your podcast or anything, you know, it it just takes a lot of work to get things together. <laughs> it takes time. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it, and you find, you find, yeah. in those tough things you find why like, you really kind of look at, yeah, you look you do a lot of soul searching and realizing why, you know, why you're doing it and the attentions. And so, yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, it's not easy. And I think it's impressive. I mean, living in New York city and being struggling, I mean, it's, it's not easy being, I mean, just to sit, that city will swallow you whole if it, if you let it. So, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it's like the worst. 
when we lived in New York, I was like eating spaghetti, you know, every night, and that was dinner. And I didn't I hardly left my apartment because I just, you know, you step out the door and you spend twenty bucks just to get from here to there. And I mean, it, it, like it was an amazing time and place for me to be there, and everything that I did in that time, like, was just incredible. But yeah, it was it was difficult. It was really tough. You had to go from there to Norway, and the town you're saying is like super small. I mean, that's literally we were talking about city and country mouse before, and that's literally the yin and yang of it right there. I think I think you're really kind of yeah doing doing the other side of it now, which is good. Yeah, you. I wouldn't want to go the other way. Yeah, I think like I I've always kind of tried to function on extremes. Like, what's the opposite of what I'm doing now, and Maybe the, I don't know if it's a personality thing or a creative thing, but just in order to taste like the other side, then you can find the happy middle. But I'm always like, it's like be wary of the things you say you'll never do or be, you know, <laughs> because you probably end up like being that person or doing this or that. So yeah, I try to like really push myself to, I don't know, like it's healthy to be able to, change your belief or to contradict yourself especially as an artist like do the complete opposite every once in a while just like flip it over and yeah that's kind of something i try to live by is is to do that just to keep things interesting and to keep developing well whatever you're doing keep doing it man it's uh your work is really yeah, is really interesting and i'm i've been having a great uh adventure you know following along and just uh just going through your uh, older stuff and just kind of seeing like you said you're 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 really versatile too you have a unique mix of different styles and you're always using different uh canvases you know skateboards and surfboards and guitars and it's so it's just really nice to see using those different shapes and working within the the con, I guess the confines or limits of you know of those physical spaces. So it's it's really it's been a fun adventure for me, and I I'm excited to see what's next. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's it's a really amazing time to be a creative person, really, because like the application of what you can do with your art is so expansive. Like, there's so many different things you can use artwork on or produce things it's just a different environment now than it was even 10 15 years ago so uh yeah i think it's it's a really cool time to be an artist yeah it's, yeah i think it's it, like i said before to people it's like people have their own niches and people are like it's the best time to be unique and different and weird and whatever and nerdy and get everyone I don't know. It's it's definitely a more uh, supportive time. More people are more open minded, and it gives artists so many more opportunities. You know, you're doing sneakers, right? And it's just like people want to have unique sneak. They want art on their sneakers. They want you know their water bottles to be unique. I mean, it's just like people love that. Like the customization, and it's just it's it's super. It's exciting, you know. You can, I, if I get a shirt, I want it to be a shirt that maybe no one else has, or no one else. If you know, if people ask where I got it, it's like oh, I don't want to tell them because then everyone's gonna get that shirt, you know, like shit like that. <laughs> like you want to kind of have it be your yeah. own, you know. Like it, it's, uh, it's awesome. Like I'm trying to, yeah, those vans you did are dope. I really like those a lot, and I'm like, oh, I would love to have a pair of those, you know. So it's just, it, it's kind of, it's been fun. 
Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I can get you a pair, I'll try to get you a pair. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that'd be awesome. But um, so let, let's talk about your styles. I mean, because you're doing murals, you know, you're 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 doing paintings. I mean, you're doing you're like I said, you're drawing on unique canvases. What's uh, what's what's your what's your medium? I mean, uh, what's your process like? What are you using to create this stuff? Yeah, uh, well, everything I do by hand. So, uh, like, I just have this. Singing. I could never get into the computer illustration stuff. So, in my head, I'm like, let's have this ro- really romantic view of making art and this and that. But I just love like the tactile, like anything, pencil. I use a lot of uh, ink uh, brush pens. I use uh, oil, acrylic, like charcoal. I mean, pretty much everything. And I'm kind of running parallel styles. So, Sometimes, like, I wonder, uh, like, I just have to do it for myself, you know. Um, Like, in the last year, I've been painting more murals than I've ever done. That's, like, brand new territory. I got into making my own charcoal, which is uh, really fun. Um, I'm painting on canvas. Like, it's kind of day-to-day, like, uh, and also depending on the project or this or that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm... At this point in my career, uh, I've been doing this uh, 14 years now. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm making like a, a divide between selling fine art and exhibiting work and doing commercial work. And that's it's about 50-50 on my income, like uh, selling paintings and doing like project-based work. So it's always changing and yeah, it stays interesting. Uh, and there's two very different approaches to making artwork. Like I really enjoy getting a project with a brief and trying to fulfill like uh, someone else's vision. It makes you think about things differently. And then I like really enjoy just retreating into my own space and doing a painting for myself. And I think the balance of those two things, uh, yeah, it just, it's a nice combination. It makes me it keeps the energy going for me. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think that the, I, I think that being, uh, true to the, the hand, you know, hand drawn and, you know, not digital is, is really, uh, it's admirable cause it's, you know, a lot of folks, you know, I, I hear that a lot. And the fact that the, the, the biggest complaint when folks do go there is they don't have any, thing to show for their like there's not a physical representation i guess of of time which is overly interesting to say oh, i worked on this project for 30 hours and it's just like when you think about it on the on those screens it's zeros and ones and it's really kind of weird when you think about it that you're so a lot of folks say that they really that's that's the hardest part for them so i seeing what you're doing and the level of detail with those with the pattern work you do and at all be and it's you know it's it's really yeah it's impressive the you know the symmetry and how everything lines up, and the fact that it's all done all done by hand is is makes it even more impressive, man. Yeah, oh, thank you. I mean, like I've seen people work digitally, and it's insane what people can do. I mean, I'm so impressed, but I'm just too far behind to even go there, you know. And I I don't have the interest, but like. I, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of like, I'm getting old now. I'm like stuck in my way. But like, 
I don't even have Illustrator, and I do so many jobs where they're like, we need an invector in the sound. I'm like, sorry, I know it works without it. Like, I can scan it and finish it uh, in Photoshop, but I know it's going to work. You know, like there's, yeah, so I'm a bit of a hard head in that way. But, uh, it, like, it always works out. And, like, all respect to the Illustrators and stuff who are doing it digitally i mean the results sometimes like better than the hand stuff but uh it, like in the i think well better i think better is a re- better is a relative term i think right i mean i don't know i wouldn't i don't know I, I think that's the beauty of it is that we're all here we all have have access to these same tools and the choices that we make is what really allows us to you know be be you know unique and I, I just like I like how you put that like you just don't have the time to kind of catch up like you're just like this is how it is you know maybe you know and like that's how I'm gonna do and like that's like the most honest way because it's like that's just that's a lot of like I, I definitely we did the we did like a doodle or die thing a couple of years ago and it was just you know we had a word of the day and people would, and so I downloaded like Illustrator for the month and I I'm, I'm de- I was decent with Photoshop I was definitely hacky but Illustrator was just it was. It, I mean, it was only 30 days I tried to use it, but it was extremely overwhelming. I was just, I was, it makes me have a new found appreciation, but I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be able to crack that. I was just like, uh, you know, the, yeah. So I, I'm with you. It's amazing to see what people can do, but uh, I don't know if that's for me. I'm not really an artist. So yeah. I, don't, I don't have to worry about it like you do, but yeah. Do people get pissed? <laughs> at, what do they say to you when you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to vector that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like uh, it's it mostly when it's like a screen printing application for a shirt or like an album or something like that. And they're like, we need it in vector, you know, nice sharp edges. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> been printing shirts for like 20 years. You can use the Photoshop file. It's scan like really high res. And then they're like, okay, yeah, maybe. And who knows? Maybe they take it and vector it anyway. But I don't know about it. Um, so yeah, I mean. It's it's all the same. I just like kind of taking the position, like okay, I'm the guy who's gonna do it traditionally. And the only time I get a little bit jealous is that like I, I'm part of an illustration agency, and uh, I see like the other illustrators how they work, like especially in the sketch phase, like with uh, adjustments and stuff. Like I'm there, like with my eraser, rescanning drawings, and they're just you know. That that portion I can see makes it go a lot faster. So, ah, but who cares in the end, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever your uh, whatever your method is, right? You know, that's that's the that's the beauty of it. But I definitely, yeah, I think that the the positive everyone says is is the mobility of it. They don't have to bring all their stuff. It's just you know wherever they are, it's it's with them. So, you know, you, you can find different perspectives. That's the that's the beauty of it. Yeah, I, I was, uh, when I was studying art, it was 1999 to 2003. And in my illustration major, we had this great like media class and all traditional painting classes. Like we learned different traditional techniques like pen and ink and oil painting. And uh, yeah, it was just covered the whole gamut. And then there was an illustration, uh, like computer illustration course, and we were kind of like laughing at it, you know, like, ah, computer illustration, <laughs> you know, like, that was kind of lame. And now it was like, uh, just the opposite. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it's just a different era, I guess. Yeah, it's like, you can't, yeah, it's, I mean, when that, I'm trying, I, I was in, I had my gateway computer, and I mean, I was, in, we are in university about the same time, so 
the, the idea of thinking that you could just make something cool that, to the same level now, it's just what, what you get in those computers now, it's just, it's amazing. It's like, I can totally, I remember it took up my entire desk. Like it was this massive, like shitty computer that like, I always <laughs> like it was, I mean, the, like, okay, a new album comes out today and I can, I mean, I can download it while we're, t I could download their whole, you know, Pink Floyd anthology right now while we're talking, you know, and be, and have it ready on my phone where I would leave for class in the morning. And by the time I get home, I might have one or two songs ready to go. And folks, I'm old. I don't care. I'm 40, whatever it's, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in your twenties and you don't understand that, you know, that's good. Good. But it was it was it was, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. <laughs> Different times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't be happier. I mean, when I think about what my dad went through, he um, yeah, wow. Like he was in an era where they were doing packaging design and co hand coloring, like and hand painting, like uh, Pantone colors, and bringing in like finished fully drawn labels for presentations and stuff like that. It was much more illustration than design, but super intensive on, on all the rules and this and that. And so like, I think this, both the structure that I learned from seeing him do that. And then also the fact that it was done by hand. Like I just, I was really drawn to it. Like, uh, I just think it's so cool. Now you said your wife is a designer. Is she uh, analog also, or is she is she digital? No, she's digital, but she she still sketches by hand. But where she's really like her strength is conceptual thinking. Like she's so sharp on that end of things, and I really respect her for that. So she's great at like logo marks and event designs, and she's done so many different like big projects and this and that so yeah i mean like i have this deep respect for design and typography oh, and layout too. yeah uh, it's it's just incredible like uh really <laughs> a very a very creative household so that's yeah it's wonderful and, and you were talking about yeah, d different mediums and whatever i mean and then if you go to again the shallow tree the shallow tree.com is uh pj's website but the vw i mean every time i go through i find a new one i love the vw bus is pretty awesome i mean I, if you haven't seen that I'm, I'm always just a i like vw buses in general um it's just kind of a back sometimes when we do these interviews there's really not a great point to, to stop the interview the, the flow is just so natural that it's it really doesn't work to to cut at different points and so this one's kind of a, a teaser about the really cool vw bus that he he did and you know friends of mine own buses you know they're a lot of work they're a lot of upkeep but they're just they're just beautiful vehicles and so you know He's, you know, he'll tell us it's a bucket list to, to do a project like that, but, you know, it's a bucket list for us to own one of those. And if you, you have to check it out, it's on our Instagram, it's on the shallow tree. It's just really just, uh, it's really incredible to see. Just, I, I love when people, you know, our guests challenge themselves to create these pieces on non-standard shapes and formations and angles and lines and doing it on a vehicle, you know, just really just kind of, uh, you know, puts it all out there. So, you know, it's a good, it's a good story. Wait till you get to it. 
you know, you're gonna you're gonna dig what we're doing. You're gonna dig, you know, what he's talking about, and it just um, if you're not, hopefully you're digging this episode. It's a it's a great episode, episode 122, of the 16 ounce canvas. PJ Devilliers, Munz and Brewing, and uh, yeah, we just have a, a lot of fun doing it, and really just proud to to bring this one to you. Remember, folks, shameless plug: one six ozcanvas.com backslash store. You can buy our glasses that we made with Dune Hager. I think it's the first in our series, so we're looking to get those out to you. Should be shipping soon. You know, in about a week to 10 days, we'll be heading up to Maine uh, for our annual kind of uh, summer pilgrimage. Uh, We'll go to Harrison, Maine, and then we'll be heading to Portland, Maine. We've had some great artists come on. You know, we've had some lucky, you know, some of them are tattoo artists. And, you know, we are Jones and they get that first tattoo. I don't know if we're going to get on the summer trip, but it's something we've been thinking about. I know we're going to get, so it's not, that's not even a thing. You know, I'm not even concerned about what to get. You know, it's it's a definitive, but just um, finding the right artist now to, to, to do it for us. And so, who knows? Maybe we'll come back with some art all over our body. And uh, who knows? But I get to find myself end up with a couple sleeves. So, crazy shit, crazy shit. TheShallowTree.com, TheShallowTree on Instagram, 16OZ Canvas, but make sure you check out the Art of Craft Beer. We're doing some cool stuff, and it's just really exciting. I mean, the food alone that we're going to have for you, the food trucks, is going to be you know next level. We're going to have three sessions Saturday. We're going to have two, one on Sunday. Uh, the, you know, it's going to be a killer brunch party. You know, Maybe we'll have some bloodies and going for you and just kind of uh, kick it up a notch, but... We have wonderful people. We're really just blessed, and you know, I can't say enough about the, the fact that we're going to do this again, and we're going to do it again in a place to, that means, you know, just means so much to me and my family, and just it's a wonderful, wonderful place. You know, we very, could very easily have done it in Portland, Maine, but we chose Bridgeton, and this is kind of the synopsis of why we're doing it there. I think about six or seven years ago, we got permission to, you know, stay at uh, my wife's uncle's cabin in Harrison, Maine. And it's a very, very small town. We're on Crystal Lake. Very intimate, very quiet. You know, you don't really bump into people. And maybe you see somebody at the, you know, at the village tie-up or the corner store. And through that, you know, we came to, to meet Will at the Standard Gastropub. We've come to meet some wonderful people up there. You know, we support a lot of local businesses. You know, there's no chain stores. There's, you know, very few supermarkets. Mom and pop is the way to go. And you meet some great people and you see these small businesses and you see how they support each other. And it's really kind of, you know, two degrees of separation for what they're doing. And we really were moved by that. And, you know, we look every year we've increased the number of days we've been in Maine, you know, since, let's see, 2012, 2011. And, you know, we continue to do so. I have a, I have a running Zillow search for places in Maine, Portland, Harrison, Norway, you know, all those stuff. And we, we love it up there. And if you haven't been, I would love, 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 love to, to have you come to Maine, experience the beauty of Maine for the Art of Craft Beer event, the hubbub. You know, theartofcraftbeer.com. You know, love tickets available soon and uh, give you a little piece of that. But right now we should get back into it. Another cool place we're going to visit is Norway. Maybe we'll do the Artcraft here in Norway. You know, it'll just be me and PJ hanging out. We'll be surfing, and we'll just be hanging out, you know, drinking a Munzman. But let's get back into it. I'm AJ. I'm proud to be your host. Here we go.
I think my wife and I are really into, but uh, th- yeah, that, the artwork on that is amazing. It's really great, and it just it fits that you know it's very it's a little trippy. It's got a little psychedelic to it, full of different colors. It's if you folks go check it out, it, it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, that's all I have for that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, that was, I mean, that was like a real bucket list project for me because uh, my family we had those buses when I was a kid and. I actually fell out of one when I was, I don't know, a year and a half, two years old, and like cracked my skull open. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, like just the look of those old Volkswagens, the aesthetic is just like so beautiful to me. And uh, I've never owned like an old bus, but I've just been dying to have one. And when that project came up, I was, it was just like, yeah, I, I've been waiting so long to do that. So I was really excited to. And I, that was just a couple months ago I did that. Um, it was for a brand called Bula, and they make outdoor wear. So anyway, their idea was just to paint up a crazy van and create like a video tour over the summer and going to different festivals. And I mean, really, the van was just like to create some hype for the brand. And I, when, when they were leaving with it, I was kind of sad. You know? I was like, ah, let, don't let it go. Uh, so I asked him, like, what are you doing with that van, like, after the tour? I really want it. So, you know, time will tell. We'll see. Oh, I would love to hear that you get that van back. That would be the best, yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Now, how long, yeah. Now, yeah, how, so, how long did you work on, how long did you work on the van? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I guess that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. That the, the idea was just like, hey, do your thing, PJ, and you're going to be our hype. Like, you're going to make the, just a walking kind of, like, discussion piece that people are going to come up to and want to learn about. I mean, it's fitting too, because it's a brand, you know, you're an outdoor kind of nature guy, you know, with your snowboarding and surfing and what have you. So I think it's, it's really kind of, you're a great representative for the brand. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. I feel really lucky. Like in that sense, like at this point in my career, cause I've been on the other side of it, like to just be getting projects where people tell me to do my thing and, uh that's really nice because it's i think them yeah it always goes really well like i want to put myself into it and uh, give it the best i can and yeah i feel like yeah it's always a good result when that's the case and um i just got lucky when i did that van too because i parked it out in my driveway and the weather where i live is completely unpredictable so I had uh, two weeks of just great weather, and I just painted every day and, yeah, banged it out like a week and a half, two weeks. So that was fun. Yeah, it's awesome. And earlier you said you lived in Connecticut. Where in Connecticut did you live? I was in Wilton, Connecticut. (laughs) That's Uh, Next to Westport and Weston and yeah you're right yeah you're Camden. right yeah you're right near me man. it's right right near where I'm at yeah it's just crazy that's always it's crazy yeah Connecticut's not so big is it <laughs> yeah it's weirdly big it's like a it's weirdly I'm like I'm the person who thinks everything's 15 minutes away so I'm always just amazed that there's places in Connecticut that are like two hours away from us and when you yeah, see, when that, you see well, the state true. it's like so tiny you're like, what, like how's that possible yeah yeah, but what brought you to Connecticut? Uh, I went to I went to university, um, Fairfield University is in Fairfield, Connecticut, which is right next to Wilton. Um, and so I, I, 
I, I, a few friends stuck were sticking around. I got a job, and then um, I, met, I met my wife, who was from Connecticut, and I've been here almost 20 years now. So, yeah, follow the heart, as you know. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If Fairfield, uh, they were doing, like, some music, uh, not, like, festivals, but they were putting on some shows years ago, I remember, at least, right? Yeah. there or was. am I completely mistaken? Um, well, there used to be in, like, in the Fairfield uh, Bridgeport area, there was a huge music festival called Gathering of the Vibes that would take place every year. Yes. And it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. And they, yeah. that went away a few... Uh, I'm trying to think, because we, we took our old... Yeah, I think it went away like four or five years ago. I think it just be, they couldn't... It just got too big, and I think, you know, hippies running music festivals, I think eventually some, you know, some of them just don't uh, have a good business acumen, so I think it just kind of... They weren't, weren't being smart about it. But it was, it was wonderful, because... They gave they had Connecticut residents discounts and we take the kids and kind of get a little crazy and it was just the music would play you know till two three in the morning and it, when I managed the band the band you know they played it a few times so that was cool yeah it was it's a it was a bummer it was definitely uh that's crazy that you know that yeah yeah and they were like that was around since the nineties I remember because they I mean that in a way like kind of pioneering music festival small time yeah. like before it was a thing yeah know? yeah like popped up right around yeah i think it was a originally it was a creative outlet to you know get people together after the death of uh, jerry garcia kind of like a an outlet like more of like a outlet and kind of a small thing that you know it took off and so yeah it was uh it was wonderful so yeah the Rest in peace, gathering of the vibes, vibe tribe. Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we definitely we. I, I, my wife will yeah will have a little laugh about that. It was good. It was yeah it brought us all together, so it was cool. I still have friends. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing murals now. How how is that? Because if you're how how is that with the scale? Like, what do you what is your preparation like before you do a mural? I mean, you're obviously doing your sketches, but to get it to you know the scale of that how, how is that for you what, what, what is the process like i'm always amazed by you know we just interviewed a mural artist uh recently and it was just learning about the process you know he doesn't he doesn't use a projector either he does it all by hand with spray paint and it's just yeah i'm just always impressed yeah uh well i wish i could say yeah so what i always do is like a fully finished piece uh on paper or canvas whatever it's gonna be so i like there's no doubt where the end result will be, and it's just a matter of getting there. But uh, I use a projector to like get the proportion of the piece up, and that's just a matter of saving time for me. Like I can do it, but it would take me like another four hours if I were gonna try to do it by hand. You know, I've done like one big owl I did where I just the wall was too big to project, and I just hand sketched it out and that was the first like mural I ever did on like a six-story building and uh, it went fine like because I'm used to like yeah just being trained in like life drawing or whatever and um, yeah but like more recently it's just a matter of like getting from A to B and so I do a finished piece I project it up and then like yeah just work it up like I would on paper and it's not really that much different, like, and it's really new to me. So I may be completely ignorant, like, uh, on the whole front. Uh, I'm not like trying to be a street artist, but 
yeah, for me, it's just like to do something new and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Like it's a completely different way of working, um, especially like the social side of it because people get interested and they're coming to talk to you. And yeah, it's just so different from being in the studio. Like I've really come to love it. And I've only done, uh, I think, three like really big pieces at this point. So I can't really say like <laughs> this or that. I'm a muralist, but I'm trying. It's yeah, uh, it's fun. Yeah, the swallow one I really like is uh, that you did recently. So that was really on the uh, the barn, the barn swallow. That I think that was it. Just uh, it fit really nice on the side of that building too. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I think if I'm gonna pick a direction for for this like mural stuff, I, I'm really like I love birds, and I think like having that little shadow under there makes it really nice. So it could be like a signature thing to be the guy that paints like birds on buildings. I don't know. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a good yeah. signature. Yeah, I mean, because again, you're you're you and Mother Nature, man. Like you're all about it. So I think it's fitting. And yeah, you're the owl is a really kind of reoccurring bird that you seem to really you know dig on. So it's almost like your logo in a way. The 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 owl. So yeah, makes sense, man. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. It's just like with anything creative, you try to just do stuff that you're either interested or you really love. And like I have this great memory of being a really young kid and my mom has always been into birds. And so we had like a little bird identifying book like always in the house. And we were just like spotting birds and marking them off in the book. And I think that was just, I kind of stuck with me. And so it's just a nice, uh, yeah, something positive that's been in my life uh, is somehow making its way into my work now. <laughs> so yeah, it's nice when yeah. you when you yeah when you connect the dots that way and think about it, and so every time you're doing a bird, you're thinking about those moments you have with your mom, right? And so it's, when I hear certain music, it makes me think of dancing in the kitchen when I was a kid with my mom, and just like you know, it's just it's <laughs> all through all the craziness yeah. of the day to day, right? You have these beautiful kind of you know flashbacks, just kind of you know put a big smile on her face so yeah I, I love it makes me like it even more man yeah. i was just like i like fucking owls he does really great owls now now i like him even more <laughs> man. that's cool thank you yeah yeah and so like we started off you know we said we came to learn of you from the the labels you did with uh amun's brewery how did how did that come together yeah um well um i got a email from an agency in Edinburgh, actually, and they said that, oh, there's this Norwegian brewery, and uh, they want to do um, an identity and start with five label designs. Are you interested? And I said, uh, yeah, definitely. And it turns out it was like not even 10-minute walk from where I was living at the time in uh, Oslo. And then I met with them, and the owner He's also a South African, so we just like hit it off. And I don't know, we had this really great connection from the start. And um, yeah, I think that was five years ago now. And just to see where they've gone from them, like they were just a microbrewery part of a pub, and like maybe 30 square meters. And now they own this massive warehouse. And they, yeah, it's just incredible. Like, to see what they've built in a relatively short period of time. And also just to see how 
your industry has changed in a short period of time too. I mean, it's insane. Like I'm, I'm kind of out here in the middle of nowhere, so I'm not really like attached to any industry or exposed to that much. Like I have Instagram, but uh, I wasn't following anything beer related until I actually found your podcast. And uh, so, yeah, like I feel somewhat removed from the whole movement, but it's fascinating to see like, wow, this really evolved into this whole genre. And yeah, it's incredible, like festivals and this and that, but like, I'm still, I haven't really experienced it firsthand that much. So it's really fascinating just to, it's like its own genre. Yeah. It's got, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really blown up. It's, it's been, it's been fun. I mean, I, it was just a kind of crazy idea we had. Let's see if we get, see if we can get a couple artists, and we thought we'd be done after, you know, maybe if you know, maybe maybe get ten episodes in or something like that, and just kind of you know, we get recommendations all the time, and you know, it's it's it makes my life easier. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's really just exciting, especially with all the one-off versions of beers that that breweries are doing, and so it's 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 been really great. It's been a good outlet for people too, especially the creative, you know, artists and designers to have a way to get their work out there. Yeah, it's almost like the new album cover in a way. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. Yeah, like that was that was the goal before. Like, ah, oh, get the album, you know, and do the the cover. But you don't you get some LPs, you know. That's a thing. But it's not like it was uh, 15 years ago when that was like sacred ground. But now it seems like it's the beer can and. Yeah, it's cool. Like I'm, oh, I'm just so happy that that connection was made, and we have such a nice working relationship. They like, they're really fun guys, and clearly they're enjoying what they're doing. So when they come to me with an idea, it's mostly like a name that's really out there, and then they just let me roll with it. Like I've gotten to the point now where I don't sketch or send them sketches or anything i just deliver like finished artwork and 99 percent of the time it's like done deal maybe there's like one little thing they want to add or fix but it's very rare so i feel really lucky in that sense like they they trust me and uh it's fun like i really enjoy it it's super fun yeah i like it because in comparison to the other work right you do a lot of the, a lot of black and white work but it's still you can tell you know the the line work it's you can see it's your own but it, like i said before the the colors are just so vivid especially uh the unknown universe one i think that's the one that really drew me in it, it's just kind of it's like a kaleidoscope and it just you know i don't know how the beer tastes but that label's fucking killer and so that yeah i mean that's really really what that's really what started me trying to shake you down to get on this podcast <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it kind of gets back to that like parallel style thing. Like the beer labels in a way were my outlet for doing color because about six years ago, I, I kind of like drew a line in the sand with my personal work and I said, all right, only black and white. Like I want to learn to draw really well and I don't want to be like using color as any kind of crutch or anything like that. Like if you can say it's black and white, then, you know, that feels really powerful to me. And so like I really pursued like, uh, yeah, just taking it back to basics. Like I have no shame saying like, I'll go on YouTube and like how to draw like a sphere, you know, 
like I, <laughs> I'd like to this day, like still go back to all the fundamentals, like in books and everything, like, because there's something in that foundation that is so, yeah, you need that in order to go further. And just to remind yourself of it, like constantly, I feel like those are the big breakthrough points now for me is when it's like, okay, like <laughs> I actually printed out like this really nicely rendered, like cylinder drawing. And I just like framed it and stuck it on the wall of my studio because it was so basic in the light and shadow and like cast shadow and all of this and that. Like, it's like, if I can just remember this, then I can draw anything, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so fundamentals, it's important. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not an artist, but I was, we were, I was talking to a guest recently and for whatever reason in school, when we learned art, we, I remember I'm, I remember learning how to draw eyes and I, I, I think I'm pretty good at drawing in eyes. I mean, that's all I can do. So, <laughs> but I was like, man, I'm like, I would like to, at least when I'm do like doodling, I'm like, I really want to learn how, like, I can never do a nose. And I was like, so whenever I start doing noses, I always just kind of like, that doesn't look like a nose. And I just give up. So one day I just spent, like you're saying about YouTube. I mean, we're not at the same level of artists, but I just spent forever like watching videos on how to draw noses and my yeah. <laughs> my nose game my nose game is getting better like i'm pretty happy about it like you know <laughs> and it's wonderful oh, people, it, yeah. like, just drawing like faces and like i narrowly like escape it like my whole career like i can do it but i don't love doing it and like i'll get an assignment where it's like we need like you know portraits of this and that and i kind of like cringe like oh no like how are we gonna do this but I always manage to like pull through in the end, but it's not my comfort zone. Like some people are so good at like just natural line work and making the face look good. But for me, it's like a struggle all the way. So I feel your pain on the nose thing. Yeah. It's just like, what, cause then, and then you break it down and you're like, it's not, it's not that it's like very simple. Line, like you're saying, like these simple lines and it just, I'm like, but I can't do it. Like I can't, and the note, the face, like you're saying, right? You person moves one way or the other, and it's like a whole nother composition. It's just, it's just amazing to me when you see that photorealism with, like, and just to watch how it's done. It's like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, you draw like one line a little bit off, and like the expression goes from being happy to like completely goofy or like uh, angry or you know. It's so yeah. Anyway, it's very delicate sort of thing to tackle. Um, yeah, then you piss some. Forte. Yeah, then you piss somebody <laughs> off. It's like I don't know. I look like that. It's like uh, at least yeah. at least if it's like something that's not yeah literal, you can have some creative freedom with it. But if someone wants you to draw them, it's like oh, I, you maybe look fat. Or my nose is all fucked up. Blah blah blah. It's like all right, well, yeah. then take a take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh God. Yeah. So I actually get to the point now where, like, uh, I just actually recommend, like, other illustrators I know. When I know the project's not fit for me, uh, like, happily pass it on uh, to not, you know, cause myself so much struggle. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, and I, I think that that's, that's show, like, self-awareness is pretty, you know, it's as an artist, right, especially early on, you were probably just, like, any brief that came, you are trying to, you know, make it work but now that like you're saying you're only gonna work in black and white you know you're only gonna do this for certain things i think it's yeah it's a evolution and that's kind of a theme i keep hearing that you're kind of just you know challenging yourself and you know working with you know 
evolving your your art and you're still open to what's coming next but i think to be self-aware just in general is 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 not always easy for folks yeah and and there's definitely a period like in your career where you need to be versatile and try to do all those different things like just out of necessity to like make some money and that's that's a really important part of like uh, defining your own style too is learning like what where you feel comfortable where you don't what you need to work on and so like for anybody in the beginning of their career like you have to go through all of that and it's a, like a vital part of the process um but then when like you hopefully get to the other side then yeah like you're saying just being self-aware like i know somebody that could nail this project like you should just work with them because it's you know it's gonna be better <laughs> and i think everyone appreciates that you know yeah i do yeah Um, i I do because i I think that i mean i do i know it's like and that also shows a level of respect for the the client right and whoever or whoever's giving you that brief so that when you say you can bang it when this is okay this this is right in my wheelhouse you're going to crush it it's like wow okay he you know he's not just gonna you know bullshit me you know and they may even just come like it turns like a consulting thing and you know it's, it's a good way to build you know trust and relationships too which is uh which isn't which is yeah yeah absolutely i mean like at the end of the day these companies like are spending a lot of money sometimes they really know what they want sometimes they don't and i think everyone appreciates when like you're just honest and you know like when you get a project when you're super excited about it or it's not quite feeling right and i just try to really go for the ones that are like getting me excited and i i guess yeah i don't know it's i feel really fortunate to be in that position but uh yeah um yeah i, I was on the other side of it for a really long time too and that right. helped your spaghetti years fine like yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, those are the worst. I mean, yes. really, it's like so many moments filled of like uh, doubt and like, uh, am I completely delusional? You know, like, can you do this? And it wasn't actually until I moved to Norway where I had a clean, you know, and I had this really romantic idea of moving here and being an artist. Uh, because my life you know, I can like a, a normal job and enough money to support your family so I thought you know, maybe I'll be like a postman or something and make art and that'll be great uh, and then like I quickly realized like okay I actually need to do this is the only thing I can do with like passion in my life is try to make artwork and yeah for the first three years I was living in Norway just set up a meeting every single week with somebody to do with art or design or an agency and it just showed my work like relentlessly and uh, yeah it doesn't feel like you're making progress but then three four years down the line people know you and then like start to get things trickling in and I mean whatever position you're in like is relative to what you the effort you put into it like it's it's true (laughs) like I used to be so bitter with myself and with the industry and this and that like 
but it was all my fault. Like I wasn't really trying that hard to get out there and to, you know, and as soon as I did, like it slowly started coming back to me. So, um, yeah, it's, you reap what you sow. <laughs> yeah. And another thing, another thing is we, we always talk about is those, like, you know, we, we were joking before the spaghetti years, but like those shitty jobs or those shitty early on periods. And you're saying about taking on work that maybe you wouldn't do now, but you're, you, you knew you, you were able to figure out what your strengths were, what you like and what was, you know, your, your best use of your, your talents. And so I think that's also important. You can't, I mean, there's, there's folks who land, you know, land their dream job right from the jump. And, you know, that's really admirable. And honestly, it's, it's pretty, a little lucky too. And so, but I, I think of the crappy jobs I had and they help me appreciate when things are good. And so I think that, yeah, I mean, your spaghetti years, as we joke, you know, they're, they brought you to where you are and have this level of, you know, peace and tranquility in, in your life and doing what you love. And so it's, uh, it's all part of the journey though. You know, you, you found, you found that realization, you know, and, but it was because of the other stuff that it kind of the culmination of, you know, of your story, man. Absolutely. And I quickly realized too, like any job, like drawing, no matter how shitty it was, was better than not drawing. So like when I moved to Norway, I couldn't even get a job, like doing anything you know, at a clothing store nothing. Like I had, no language i'm a foreigner like it was just you know really difficult and the first job i got was at this restaurant and um the day i went for the interview like the the lady she's like okay well when can you start can you start now and i was like um yeah okay and so she took me downstairs and the first job like i did to make money in norway was to clean a toilet (laughs) so like I just was, oh, like any drawing job or anything, like I felt was uh, going to be better than like not doing that. And so, yeah, you learn like, okay, just like be grateful for every client or person that wants to do something with you and give it like 200% no matter what. Like, uh, yeah, just it's important. Yeah. We, yeah, we usually ask for you know to give advice for somebody in their career but you you did that naturally and so we don't need to ask that so yeah folks i think it's important i think that that's one of the things that we love is just to see people at different stages of their career and i think that yeah you work you work your ass off man you got i mean it wasn't easy and i think it's you know and i'm glad you're in a you're in a happy place and it's uh it's a real i think people it's going to really resonate with people yeah thank you Uh, i had this really great uh illustration teacher tom allen he was an illustrator he did like all these great um album covers back in the day and he like right before i graduated we got along really great he gave me this note card and he just handed it to me and on it he had written in pencil like luck is nothing more than preparation and i still have that note card and that like really stuck with me because it's a it's a good combination of luck and also working hard but when you get the opportunity like are you prepared to do the job the best you can like and so yeah you get lucky but you're also prepared yourself to turn the luck into something more so that's the best advice i got (laughs) well and then you just pass it on so there we go yeah i 
I, I'll take that advice. I like I like some good advice. Now, do you are you a beer guy? Do you drink the because you're in a little remote area? Are you able to get the beer that you're working on? Was that like a cool? It kind of takes back to when you were looking at the labels and stuff your dad did back in the day. Like, do you, are you able to get those beers and like the kids see them and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, when we were living in Oslo, I, I used to get the beers all the time, but now we're out here. Um, like I've just spoken to them about sending me a shipment and I'm going to get some, but um, they've been like, Amundsen has been amazing about supporting stuff that I've done, like exhibitions. They always provide the drinks and like, uh, so they're really good like that. But having moved out here, I uh, haven't had a chance to try a lot of the labels I've done. And I don't know how many it is at this point. I think it must be about 40, somewhere around there. Yeah. And uh, so I, I see them on Instagram, but I don't actually, yeah, I don't get to try them. So maybe next time in Oslo, I'll just like pick up a nice car full of beer. And uh, yeah, in, in the past, they've been really nice about sending me a lot of beer. And but now, you know, I live like so far out there. It's just uh, it's not that easy. Now, the town you live in, uh, Stad Landet, how, how, what's the proper pronunciation on that? Uh, I'm sorry. What was what was the uh, question? Uh, the proper pronunciation of the town. Uh, Stad- oh, uh, yes, Stadlanda. Stadlanda. <laughs> Stadlanda. Yeah. Some people say Stad. Some people say Stadlanda. Um, yeah, it's like this really small area that was uh, kind of built up on the fishing industry, and it's had a bit of a downturn for last i don't know 20 30 years not like harder to keep young people around but then surfing was introduced to norway late 90s and just in the last like 10 years it's gone from like five percent to a hundred percent like so many more people surfing and this just happens to be like one of the better surfing areas in norway so a lot of young people with families and people who are interested in surfing, like, uh, yeah, people, like my people. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's a small area, but there's a lot of people doing creative stuff. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's really idyllic. It's, I don't know. That's why I said, like, I feel more at home here than I have anywhere else I've lived. And I've moved quite a lot. Um, but this, yeah, this just feels right. That's one, yeah. I mean, it's really. I think that uh, you just know, right? I mean, I just, you just know. It's, it's good, yeah. And the, the pictures you share, like I said, go to the shallow tree. There, I mean, your your eye and how you frame out those photos, it's, it looks beautiful. So you're definitely uh, definitely had me interested. I definitely uh, Norway is one of our our must visit places. So who knows? Who knows? We always like to say we like to get a beer. Yeah. I would love to grab a beer together. It'd be awesome. Well. You're welcome here anytime if we make it out. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, yeah. So when you're creating, this is probably our last question. When you're creating, what do you like? What's the vibe like? Are you listening to tunes? Do you have certain music? What's the? I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere, literally. So like, what is what's going on? What's your, what's your studio like? Um, it's kind of a mix. Like I used to be so into music, like it was my life. I actually thought like I was going to be a musician at one point. But uh, 
like music i was so like took pride in my music collection and this and that but in the last like 15 years 10 years like i kind of yeah go in and out of music but now like strangely enough i like to work in just silence uh quite often and i have like i don't know i have like this long dialogue in my head so maybe it's me just trying to sort my shit out or whatever but uh yeah i really enjoy like just the quietness of working and if if it's not that then like i listen to a lot of audiobooks too and uh yeah podcasts as well but uh more often than not like i really enjoy the silence uh, maybe it has something to do with being a parent or i don't know but like i really value like just having some real quiet time <laughs> <And that's, laughs> maybe like really lame or like not the cool answer but yeah that's kind of where i'm at <laughs> well no i mean yeah. when you put it like that i was just kind of thinking like yeah i should do, i should enjoy those moments a little more than sometimes yeah just kind of when you just sit on the couch or yeah lay down and you, you, don't, you don't you don't hear anything break or one of them punching the other one yeah that's yeah i can totally yeah, i can totally I see love- that yeah, I mean, I love listening to music in the car. Like, that's a great place for music. But I rarely put headphones on, like, in work. Um, I mean, I, I play music, like, and I record a lot of music, but uh, I'm not listening to that much. Like, to discover new music now, like, I try, and I do come on some things that I get stoked on, but it, it takes more work now. Like, I'm... I'm like an album guy, you know, I like to listen to full albums and it's harder now. Like it it can pass judgment on music so much faster. So like, I kind of, yeah, I need someone to like, with musical taste that I respect just to like drop like uh, a long playlist on me or something to get back into it. But yeah, I'm just, I don't know, musically I'm, yeah, I guess I just got too old. <laughs> what are the, what are the Unfortunately. No, that's okay. We're about the same age, so we're, we're on the same vibe. But what's the, what are some of the albums you really like that just in general? I mean, I just think because you're travel the world, I'm just kind of selfishly trying to get turned on to some different music. Well, I guess I can take you like through some of my musical interests over the years because I usually kind of focus really hard on the genre. So, like, high school, like, middle school through the end of high school for me was, like, like uh, Lagwagon, No Effects, uh, Punk Rock, Good Riddance, that whole scene. Like, I was way into that. Like, that was all my, like, my first concert was Pennywise at a Toad's Place in Connecticut. No shit. And, yeah, that just kind of blew my mind. And I was, yeah people can say what they want about that genre but for the age like it was perfect like i loved all of that for snowboarding and skating like it was perfect and then uh, i went to school and just like as a reaction to being so stuck in like punk rock is life you know i went like the complete opposite and i got really into like old school dub reggae like king tubby and augustus pablo type stuff and uh, really dug into that whole genre and then and then i was like really into like indie uh stuff like i loved that band uh, les savi and uh yeah fugazi and 
uh, oh, there were obscure bands like Q and Not You and uh, yeah, just there was kind of like this scene in Connecticut and I used to play in a band and at that time it was like all DIY, like rent out the veterans hall and, uh, you know, put on a show or there was a really extensive uh, like basement show scene in Connecticut and I, I have the whole thing documented on like uh, videotape, like I was so into it. <laughs> So I have like hours of these shows from like early 2000 Connecticut basement <laughs> rock scene um, that I've done absolutely nothing with, but maybe one day it will resurface. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. scene is still pretty. Yeah, my my nephew's big into like the that like heart was. I don't know if you still, but yeah, the hardcore scene would be like the show would be at somebody's house, like in the basement. It was, yeah, you're talking about it was just like one of his friends, their house was like a, like a pseudo venue. It was, yeah, it was bizarre. It was always weird to me, but it was like it's still booming pretty hard. Yeah, you like, okay, you have a concert day and you're like driving around these neighborhoods. You're like, is this the house? You know, and you see like a bunch of cars stacked up down the road. And you're like, yeah, this must be it. And it's just like parents who are willing to like, have a bunch of kids in their basement, you know, for, for the day. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like, I mean, my parents were amazing like that too. We didn't have any concerts, but like band practice was at my house, you know, oh, and wow. it, it was like a, you know, it was a thing like uh, music in the basement. And it's like, those were the glory, glory years. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, my my nephew's playing a band. You know, my he my other yeah my other nephew would go to these shows and just like, where's what show? He's like, oh, it's you know, it's the like they named the the basement of the house is like a venue and like I'd go online and see like people like their tour dates and it would like name the I'm like that's fucking the basement. Like they're talking about someone's basement. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like we used to make flyers and yeah, I mean the whole deal. Like part of like like being in a band for me was also doing like all the visual stuff so like right. you know back in the day it was like i just remember doing so many iron-on t-shirts like iron-on was like such a big deal like to be able to print it and then you know just sit the whole night and iron like 50 shirts like with graphics and like uh my dad would help me like uh print out like cassette sleeves and you know like and dubbing tapes and yeah it's like it's uh, i mean i guess it's resurfaced in a lot of places but that was such like uh oh such good memories from that time just like i can hear it man so you gotta dig that tape yeah. up you gotta dig that tape up man oh i have all of them i have everything i even have the iron on t-shirts like i'm a bit of like a collector of my own shit <laughs> type of person i have so much like uh, physical archiving of all of my work just so much paper like oh it's crazy but yeah uh i yeah i i really loved that time that i had like and some of my friends that i played with then have gone on to like do amazing stuff in music and they really made it you know so yeah it's just cool like to have been a part of that and almost uh yeah yeah, a very idyllic time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, hey, that's all part of it, right? I mean, like you're, I would say your your career is pretty DIY, right? You're 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 definitely, uh, 
I don't know, I'm gonna with a snowboard analogy, but kind of like you're just there with like you, you took your own path and you're you're you are you are doing your own thing with you know the fresh powder. Like you just it's it's a really it's been really uh, wonderful to to learn about your story, PJ. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. Like uh yeah honored like to be a part of that lineup and everything like i've found so many different artists through the podcast and just listening to other people's like process and this and that i think it's really fascinating and uh yeah so like i said before hats off to you like and congratulations it's it's a great show so looking forward to see yeah, what else you do? <laughs> yeah, we got some cool stuff coming up. But yeah, thanks, man. I just, uh, I'm just really, I'm blessed. It's making me, when I look at the world, I look at the map, I see I've got now friends all over the world that I have yet to meet, and it's just, uh, it's exciting. It just gives me a, it gives me a good perspective, and it kind of gives me some fuel to, to you know, to go about my day-to-day and just to meet, you know, meet folks like yourself. It's, uh, it's inspiring. I think folks will really dig your story, and uh, I just wanted to thank you once again for, for being a part of it, man. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, please let me know if you come to Norway. I definitely, I definitely would love it. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would, I'll go tell the wife. She'll be like, "All right, when are we leaving?" But yeah, we can't wait. So uh, yeah, <laughs> cool. All right, man. Well, thank you so nice, much. Man. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep you updated. We'll probably go live in a few weeks. I got some editing, and then uh, yeah, we'll go live probably three, four weeks. We're trying to set some stuff up before we go on vacation. So yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, thanks again. And uh, yeah, if you did anything for me, just let me know. All right, cool, man. Keep in touch, yeah. and uh, I'll talk to yeah. you soon. Thanks. All right. Later, brother. Cool. Have Bye. a good one. You too. And there we have it, folks. The essential PJ Devillier interview, which is just a wonderful interview because. His story, the DIY background being in Connecticut, which is fucking crazy, South Africa to the Connecticut to New York City to Norway, it's just wonderful. The Shallotree on Instagram, theshallotree.com, I think you'll just really learn a lot. And this is a great episode, and it's a great kind of case study in you know, humility and somebody working really hard and being humble and making just really, you know, wonderful, powerful, beautiful art. And the story about his mother, yeah, I know we kind of just kind of skimmed over that, but it's just beautiful because if you look at his work, you see the power of birds and nature in his work. And I know as you get older, you move away or you go to different places. It's You know, you don't see the family as much as you like. You're just not there for normal day-to-day, but the... To see kind of on this subconscious level the love of nature and birds and that being you know drawn back to his mom is just it's just wonderful and I think that um I just think PJ is just a really positive you know really incredible person and you know this is a great example that you know once we become you know lifestyles of rich and famous you know ballers and podcasts are paying the bills. You know, one of the first places we're going to be going is to, to Norway and, uh, you know, spend some time, get a little surfing lessons with uh, with PJ as, you know, may, hopefully no CPR because if I fucking drown, it'd be a little depressing end of the story. But, um, but no, I, I just definitely love being in the water. I mean, maybe I need a board to, to hang out, but it's just, uh, you can... 
feel energy of people. You can feel when they're when they're good people. And I know that you know PJ is a good man. He's a good father, and he works really hard. And he's just, uh, as we say, he's one of those people that are making the world a better place. So you're listening to 16 Ounce Canvas, episode 122.160zcanvas.com. But please make sure you check out theartofcraftbeer.com. We are the Art of Craft Beer podcast, and we are putting on another amazing show. We're calling it The Hubbub, and it's uh, at the All Roads Hub in Bridgeton, Maine, founded and cr- uh, created by Will Holmes, owner of Standard Gastro Pub. He's an amazing chef. He's an amazing person. And we're really trying to use you know any cred we have here for the greater good, and we're just really blessed to meet Wonderful people like Will, wonderful people like PJ, and wonderful people like you. So we thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you're enjoying what we're doing. We've got so many fucking artists. Like, it's crazy. I got an email today from somebody. Um, I'll just give a quick, you know, quick, you know, tip of the cap, you know, Mr. Dick. It was dope as shit because just a brewery that we really dig. And not only that, I want people reach out to recommend others and there's no end game involved it's so it's just it just makes me realize that like there's just good people out there when when people nominate other people for for things or you know we get submissions from time to time and it's you know sometimes you can read read between lines and they're they don't really know what we do here and they submit shit and they're just basically trying to get some free free promo which is always cool um which and i say that kind of jokingly it's kind of shitty because we also get a lot of people who are like super psyched to be on and they're like oh yeah what's your address we'll send you some beers and do this that and it's fucking crickets but mr dick reaches out and he's you know hyping this guy and it was it wasn't there's was no end game at all like he fucking listens and he digs what we're doing and it was cool and I can say that, you know, if you're out there listening, shoot me an email, tell me your story, tell me why you listen, and we would love to hear from you or somebody we should be checking out because we're we're trying to be as humble pie as possible. We're really just trying to meet great people. You know, we've met artists from all over the world, all over the country, you know, people at different stages of their career, and we're going to just continue to keep that vibe going. It's really open season, you know, AJ at 16ozcanvas.com goes right to me. So it's not this, you know, when I say we, you know, it's a cool, you know, we talk about branding and logos and perception and vibes and, you know, style sheets and whatever. We use we because it just sounds cooler than saying I. It makes it sound like I'm recording this in my parents' basement. So insider scoop right there. There's two fun, you know, fun, you know, if you've ever seen pop-up video, you know, we just gave you two of those little bubbles right there for you. But you have been listening to 16 Ounce Canvas, 122 episodes in, and we love you, and we love you. Fuck you. I'm cool. We're out. Peace.